Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the uh, tenacious Tyler Dean. Tyler how Dean! How we doing? We're uh, Welcome back, again. <laughs> Again, Christ Almighty. Not my fault. Christ Almighty. Work work trip, quote-unquote, work trip. Hashtag vacation. Whatever you say. Yeah. I had a great time in San Antonio. It was wonderful. It was too hot. I saw your Facebook post. It was great, guys. Did you not see where I said it was too hot? Yeah, well, still. Who cares if it's too hot? You're still out vacationing in San Antonio. Not vacationing. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are back as a full team here, you know, power play, full strength. Mm-hmm. We're good to go. So uh, hopefully you don't take any more vacations, extended vacations. Let me think. I mean, this is like <laughs> this is our like third, sh- three out of four shows that you've been gone. That is correct. This is ridiculous, Tyler. Ridiculous. That's not my problem. <laughs> not your problem. <laughs> what a dick. Anyway. Welcome to the Outside Blitz. Um, we, we got a lot of fun stuff going on, Tyler. Uh, controversy in the league. Lots of controversy. We got some trades, some crazy trades going on. It's not even trade deadline time. Got two weeks. Yeah, we got two weeks of the trade deadline. Trades are starting to happen already. People are just like jumping the gun here. Mostly like, centered on one team, so I think it's going to quiet down. I think they had something they had in mind and they needed to shuffle some things around to get it done. Yeah, they made, they made some cap space, which is good. So in one sense, yeah, it's a ton of trades, but it's all... Folklore on one team. Yeah, you, I mean, we, we have, what, three? Three big trades go on? Two big ones. One's kind of... One's kind of... Well, he's, I mean, he was still a good player. He, he is still a good player. I got to give the guy credit. Um, but I digress. Here we go. Um, we, we've got the, the big controversy. We have referee controversy. We have uh, quarterback shuffling around. We've got suspensions. We've got guys hitting IR. Um, we've got great teams that are suddenly mediocre teams. It's like full moon stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. an interesting time in the league. As you enter that midway point of the league, it's kind of a weird and awesome time for that to happen. Yep, strange strange vibes going on. But we, we do have some business to get down to as far bidness. as some business to get down to. Uh, so first and foremost, Tyler, let's get right into it. Here are your scores for week six in the NFL starting with our Thursday night football game. I talked about it last week. We'll talk about it now. Patriots and the Giants. Patriots beat the Giants 35-14. to Daniel Jones um, looked a little rough for the first time. Through the three picks. Through, yep, three picks. Um, he did not look like the Daniel Jones that we've been used to seeing um, over the course of the last several weeks. He wasn't great last week either. Yeah, uh, Brady does pass uh, Peyton Manning for the second most passing yards in NFL history, so we do have that. Patriots advance to 6-0. Giants drop to 2-4. Um, one thing I will say for Daniel Jones in this game is he was without his top targets. And, and the only guy that really was available for him, I believe, was Golden Tate. And he stepped up. Yep, but, I mean, outside of that, eh, questionable. Um, next up, we got the uh, Panthers beating the Buccaneers 37-26. to um, I mean, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, I mean, is, is he legit? I mean, Carolina's 5-0. Coming from uh, someone else takes football very seriously. <laughs> I was at um, 
direct seat Sunday ticket was was down on Sunday. Yeah. So I couldn't watch it at home. So I like I, I got oh. angry and went to meet ups. Yeah. Um, my brother also joined me, and we were talking about it. And, he started, and we're watching the, that game unfold. He goes, I think Kyle Allen should start the rest of the year, even if uh, Newton's healthy. Yeah. Uh, Panthers are five and zero in starts where Kyle Allen is there since 2018. So he's four and zero as a starter this year. Which is terrifying. Which means they're 0-2 before the starting quarter come down. All of a sudden, they're sitting here in the thick of things in the division. Yeah, and and if you would have told me that that they would have been anywhere near that number one spot, I I would have told you you're crazy. Um, Allen actually, I mean, he was pretty accurate, 20 for 32, 227, two touchdowns. He didn't look half bad. The guy that got slowed down a little bit, Christian McCaffrey slowed down a little bit in this game. Yeah, Surprise! He still had two touchdowns. He was still there when when he was needed. Um, I think he had another. 40 yards on the on, in the air as well, um, so he's there when needed. But he wasn't that he wasn't like the main workhorse that he's been previously. Right now, a guy and and here's the thing, Jameis Winston. It's it's interesting, and I'm gonna explain it later. 30 to 30 for 54. He throws for over 400 yards. He gets a touchdown, but he also threw for a whopping five interceptions. In put game. a sticker over this yeah, interception mark. It you doesn't might, uh, call it a good game. Exactly. It doesn't look bad. I think the yards kind of almost, in a way, make up for it well, somewhat. I'm gonna be mean for a second and no say way. that um, Chris Godwin's bailing him out. In a way, yeah, I agree with that. And in a few weeks, it was Mike Evans also bailing him out. So I mean. I, I, Jameis Winston, it, you know, he's so hit or miss, and we saw it last season, and now we're seeing it here. Just not getting it done. Um, next up, we got your boys, the Ravens, 23-17 over the Bengals. Bengals go 0-6 for the first time since 2008. Um, are they tanking for Tua at this point? Are they trying to be like Miami? I, I mean... Um, and you, you didn't mention how close the score was. I was going to say um, the, the Bengals' last touchdown. I, I don't want to call it a garbage-time touchdown. But I mean, it, I would. Um, it was still early enough in the game where they could have gotten the ball back and had a chance to score, but Ravens got the ball back and held on to it. Yeah. Andy Dalton falling apart. No run game available. Joe Mixon, eight carries for 10 yards, a 1.3 average. I mean, it, it's just a non-existent run game. Uh, Dalton throws one pick, doesn't get get it in the end zone. Lamar was kind of out of control in this game, though, here. Uh, 236 through the air. 152 on the ground and a touchdown. Um, 21 yards off of the all-time record for um, a, a quarterback in, on, on the ground. He looked like that guy we saw last year, except, you know. Except little, actually passed for more than yeah, 200 yards. He threw the ball quite a bit. So, I mean, it's it's interesting uh, to he's, see Lamar. De- to me, he's developing. In a way, yeah. I mean, he's, maybe he's able to throw. I think he's able to throw a lot more effectively on the run than he was last mm-hmm. year. And, and I think that's starting to show. But, yeah, I mean. And the, the chatter's talking about, and I'm, I'm not jumping on that train yet, is that even with the two games that he's had that were um, less than stellar, yeah. um, if he continues this trend, like if, if he repeats the first six weeks, the next six weeks, you're, he's going to re-enter the MVP talks. Yep, and, and I wouldn't blame the, uh, the MVP voting people for doing that. But it's, it's a long way to go. Um, obviously, he's shown that he can regress a bit and have a couple bad games. I, I want to see him keep it up. But yep. so far, he's um, I'm going to say he's um, putting, the, putting the tape over the mouths of the haters right now and playing good ball. Yeah. Now, uh, another team that, that actually rose from the ashes in this game, the Seahawks come back to beat the Browns. 32-28. Um, it was a, this game was a lot closer than I expected it to be. Seahawks 3-0 on the road to begin the season for the first time since 1980. Um, and you got, I mean, Russell Wilson doing what Russell Wilson does, playing good ball. 
Um, Chris Carson getting it done on the ground. The Browns actually looked halfway decent early the three on. Picks hurt. Yeah, early on they looked real good, and Baker Mayfield just fell apart. Three interceptions, 22 for 37, 249 a touchdown, but he had those three picks. Um, Nick Chubb was hot. Odell Beckham got hot in this game. But right now, the Browns, I mean, it's the second coming of Super Team. It is. Yeah, it's not looking good, and they're either they're super they're super hit or super missed so far. So their two wins have been very um, convincing. Yeah, they, give them that. They've been good wins, but, but it's two and four. Yeah, you're two and four. You can't beat the teams that matter in this league. And, and here are the Browns, second coming of Super Team. They're just not getting it done. Um, I, I, you know, been talking about this for a while. Are they going to be that? And here they are, and they're it's looking that way. Beginning to look like a. Um, a purple runaway in the north there. Yeah, yep, it um, is. It, it, we talked about how tight the division could be with the Browns and the Ravens and the Steelers even potentially. And it's and the Steelers now under the third quarterback. It's it's looking like it's going to be a runaway. Yeah, Steelers are falling apart. Uh, even if Ravens finish, a, I, I I think Ravens can win this win this division as, as low as nine and seven. Yeah, no, I think the Ravens are walking out walking out with the division champions in this situation. Everybody thought it was the Browns. You and I both thought it was the Browns. Mm-hmm. And and here we are. Um, and, and your boys have surprised, and, and pleasantly surprised in your case. They have surprised, and, and it's been um, something next to talk about. two games, three weeks, because there's a bye week. Um, it's going to be a big test for the Ravens, because they, mm-hmm. they got Seattle. Yep. Then it's the bye week, and then they go and face the uh, Super Bowl champions. Yeah, so you got you got some big games coming up there. We'll see if they can get it done. And they could end up, four, they could easily end up 4-4 four and four after this. Mm-hmm. But what I'm looking for in those games is the same thing I said about the Chiefs game. Compete. Compete. If, yep. you, if you're in there the last drive, it tells me that you're talking to the best teams in the NFL. Yep. In and Seattle and, and New England. Now, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead here. Speaking of the Chiefs, the Chiefs lose another one, 31-24. They lose their second one in a row uh, to the Texans, 31-24. And, and, I mean, Carlos Hyde, he, he gets over 100 yards rushing, I mean, for the first time since week two of 2017. Um, Chiefs are getting figured out. I think they're figured out. You got the Lions gave them a hard time, right? And then they got the tough loss last week and then a tough loss this week. The the Chiefs have been figured out. I'm going to come to the defense a little bit. I mean, it is just two weeks, and it is two teams that are kind of good teams. Well, no, I don't want to say just two weeks. I want to say three weeks because the Lions took them to the wire. That was like four weeks ago, though. It was three weeks. Yeah, there, there was a game in between there. Was there a game in between there? Either way, they got they got taken to the limit. That's just the reality. They got they got taken to the limit here against the Lions. They got they got beat by Houston. But on the same I mean, note, Lions are proven to be a much better team than we have predicted. Two. The Lions have been so, proven so to be a better team. In a team. way, um, Chiefs are kind of in their tough stretch of their schedule because Brissett surprising us. Brissett is Houston. We knew was a good team. They they lose to the Colts. I mean, they lose two in a row here. You know, and then I well actually, you know, no, there wasn't a game in between there. They they took on the Lions, and you see, they was the two losses, and you had the Lions the week before. So I mean, here we are. But I mean, here we I are. think we're talking about three. They faced three good teams. It could be coincidence. It could not be. I don't, and and I don't even know that the Lions are good. Two, two, and one. I, I don't know that they are. I mean, this week's going to be very telling, and we're going to get into that too. The, the, the base. Based on watching that division compete against each other, um, at all the teams, they're, they're basically on the same playing field. Basically. No team is better or worse than the next. The NFC North? All four are the same. 
I don't know that they're all the same. Uh, I'm not sure yet. I, I just don't know. I got the Bears at the bottom. Right now, yeah. Um, despite Detroit technically being there, I got the Bears at the bottom right now just because the offense just isn't there. Right. You know, but I, I mean, right now, the Chiefs have been figured out. And, and there are teams that are getting figured out. They got figured out by the Texans here. Um, Watson doing what he what Watson does. Um, you know, they, they played good ball. 30 for 42. 280 at a touchdown. He did have two picks on the day. Carlos Hyde. Running game um, really um, really turned it loose. Yep. Watson, he ran for 42 yards 10 times. He got he ran and got in the end zone twice. I mean, the, the Chiefs, and, and you were talking about it before we got on the air, and I think it's worth mentioning, time of possession matters. So Colts did, and, and Houston followed suit to the exact same thing. Yep, they, they did the time of possession thing. KC still put up points. but They're going to. But Houston took the ball out of their hands. The second quarter, KC had zero. The fourth quarter, KC had zero. The third quarter, KC had seven. You know, so you you kept them to seven points for three quarters. I think that says something about the time of possession in this football game. No, it absolutely doesn't. But but like we were saying, the uh, Chiefs are still scoring. They're still going to score. So that tells me they're not they're not regressing per se. But the uh, the teams are starting to realize make the defense struggle. And and that's the golden ticket to beating the Chiefs. Yep, and that's it. You got to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, and they did that in this game. And that's why I'm so impressed. Not only with the Texans, not only with the Colts, but I'm impressed with the NFL teams. These teams are able to, you know, figure out Kansas City now. I think their their formula is getting figured out, and I don't think you're going to see that dominant Chiefs team the way you saw last year, where you saw a team that was sitting there in the AFC title game. I think you're going to see a team that struggles for the rest of this season. I, that's what I, I think you're going to want to see. And I, I think uh, Baltimore kind of exposed it. Yep. Because um, Baltimore being the, the run-heavy team they are, I think teams are watching the game like, huh, Yeah. if you just keep the ball, Mahomes can't do anything. Yeah, he can't score. You know, you just got to keep it away from him. That's the key. It's kind of an interesting thing. Um now, another game that, that we, and I, I skipped over this one because I wanted to get in the Chiefs because we mentioned them, uh, Saints and Jags. Saints beat the Jags, low-scoring game, 13-6. Teddy Bridgewater wins his seven out of his last eight road starts. Um, he had a decent game. Wasn't anything incredible. Another game-managing type, yep. type of role. And 24 for 36, 240 and a touchdown. Game-managed. Latavius Murray, weirdly enough, led the team in, in rushing yards, 8 for 44. The rushing game wasn't completely there. Neither was the passing game. Great Jared average. Kept. I mean, he came in after Kamara went down. Yeah. And so he, he did his job there. Um, the Saints' defense did what they do. They shut down Gardner Minshew. Um, Gardner Minshew, 163 and a, and, a, and a pick on the day, 14 for 29. He didn't have a monster day. Um, he kind of game-managed, too. They shut down Leonard Fournette. I mean, Saints got it done. Was that you? <laughs> My God, Tyler! God, <laughs> hey, that one picked up right. I mean, I, was, I mean, it's not even your bad. It wasn't like a fart or anything. It was like a gurgle. <laughs> the hell. Anyway, uh, Saints beat the Jags thirteen to six. Next up, we got the Redskins and the Dolphins. A close scoring one. Redskins, Redskins finally get their first win of the where's, year. Where's Josh Needham? Yeah, it was the fart noise. Anyway, um, first win in Miami in franchise. History wow. for Washington. They were previously 0 and 5. Um, 
So uh, they, they get this win 17-6. Low-scoring affair. Uh, Case Keenum was the starter on the day. Didn't do anything tremendous. Um, Adrian Peterson did put up 118 yards. It was a much better day for Adrian Peterson than we've seen in previous mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, 23 carries. He had a 5.1 average on the day. It was pretty darn good. Terry McLaurin, the big story here, though. Uh, four receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Keenum getting it done. Also, Josh Rosen came in the start. Josh Rosen got pulled. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick came back in for Miami. Um, it's just, it, this is so similar to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of last year. You know, where you're constantly <laughs> switching these quarterbacks. Fitzpatrick's involved in it again. Yep, and it's Ryan Fitzpatrick again, stuck in that mess again. And, and you know, he just, here we are, Miami, doing what Miami does. Um, and, and right now they're in direct competition with the Bengals for Tua, which is just an entertaining time. Um, next up, you got the Vikings and the Eagles. The Vikings smash the Eagles in very decisive fashion, 38-20. to Stephon Diggs, three receiving touchdowns on the day, a career high for him. He has 167 yards. Kirk Cousins goes ham. Um, and and I, my favorite part of this whole thing is the Zach Brown story. I just It's my favorite part. Um, Zach Brown slams Kirk Cousins before the game, saying Kirk Cousins is the weakest part of the Vikings offense. Kirk Cousins isn't that good. Um, and it's a kicker because, you know, Cousins and Zach Brown are former teammates. And uh, Kirk Cousins goes off, scores four touchdowns on the day passing-wise. Um, lights it up, and it's that old uh, Michigan State mindset. We were so yeah. used to being talked down on, like, "Oh, you want to see? Oh, I'll show you." Yeah, and he went out there and and blew the doors off the place. Um, Minnesota looked damn good in this game. Uh, good rushing attack, nothing incredible, but it was a good rushing attack. Alexander Madison, actually, weirdly enough, leads the team. 14 carries, 63 yards. He had a four and a half average, um, and and that's what we like to see out of a third round guy. Um, but, I mean, big story was Dalvin Cook and even Adam Thielen, or I'm sorry, not Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, and even Adam Thielen getting involved. He had six receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown um, on eight targets. So, I mean, Vikings, I, I understand the, the Giants aren't that good. I understand that the Eagles, kind of a middle-of-the-road team, but the Vikings ripped them up. They tore them up. Vikings are in that... That very large group of teams of good teams that have been hit or miss all year. Yep. So basically everyone. Yeah, and and the Vikings sit at four and two now. Eagles down to three and three. The Vikings they're they're in competition for this division now, and and it's looking good. They're going into this next game with the Lions. We're going to jump into that in a little while. Um, I think the Vikings have a real good shot at taking this division. And all 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 four teams have a really good shot. It's well, gonna be. I, I don't know that all four teams have a really good shot, but I think this is this is becoming a Packers and Vikings division to lose here, if anything. See, I disagree. Well, I think Lions are in the mix too. I think they're the only th- all three teams are steady enough to get it done. To, to me, the Bears at this point, the offense is just not strong enough to keep them in the mix. Yeah. Um, Lions are keeping up with teams. I want to throw them in the mix with with Green Bay and Vikings because all three teams to me are very steady on both sides of the ball. And I think this, For the week, most part. this week is going to be really telling about how good these teams actually are. Mm-hmm. You've got the Vikings taking on the Lions this week. You, you've got a lot of a lot of decisive games. Um, I think you could very well see um, who these teams actually are. You know, you're that, going to see that, that tie mystery. could come into the mix to 
spike lines or yeah, help them. It's, it, it could be an interesting issue, you know, and, and um, we're, we're going to jump into those games uh, when, we, when we go through our predictions here. But, you know, that division's real tight right now. Uh, Vikings Best division in football right now. Yep, Vikings sitting at 4-2, and two, Packers sitting at 5-1. and one. This is going to get interesting. Um, next up, you got the Falcons and the Cardinals, kind of a toilet bowl. Cardinals get their second win of the year. They beat the Falcons 34-33. Kyler Murray has a day. Falcons, their first 1-5 start since 2007. Here's a question for you. I, mean, I don't know the I'm sure the answer is no. Oh, boy. But has a, has a player from a team who had a losing record ever won the MVP award? Because Matt Ryan's making a case for that. Because Matt Ryan is having a fantastic year. Yeah, Matt, um, Matt Ryan's looking good. He's on pace for a, another career best type of season. Yet they're one in five. I guess the question when it comes as it pertains to Matt Ryan is do wins matter in the MVP discussion? Because I would assume they do. I would assume they do. Yeah. But should they? Yeah, I mean Matt Ryan is, is having a hell of a year. I mean, because if you're if you're if you're putting Russell Wilson in, in MVP talks and stuff like that, from a statistical standpoint, Ryan should be there. Thirty three points is nothing to, to sneeze at. Yeah, no, that's nothing. that's a great day. But your defense allowed 34 points to a very bad offense. Right, and, and that's the big. That's always, always that's always been the case with, yeah. with the Falcons. And that's always Atlanta. They've, they've got this offense. I mean, Matt Ryan, 356 and four touchdowns on the day. Huge day. Like we're just talking, we're we're just patting um, Kirk Cousins on the back. But look at look at Matty Ice here. Yeah, and and I mean, look at I mean, you have two guys that had eight receptions on the day for huge. Two guys for 100 yards. Yeah, I mean, it's that's huge. So I mean. <laughs> Days for these gentlemen. Big days. So I'm. I, I, I feel. Know. I feel bad for Matt Ryan. I, I, I feel bad for the offense as a whole. Now, yeah, yeah, um, because the offense is getting it done. Julio's a great receiver, as we yeah. know. Um, Calvin Ridley's come to his own. Hooper's a good tight end. Like that. That. Um, and finally, you didn't even mention that. But finally, um, Demetrius Freeman wakes up too, and it still turns into a loss, loss. here. Still turns into a loss. I mean, Kyler Murray. It's his second win of his career, I guess. I mean. I don't, I don't, I just don't know what's going on in Atlanta anymore, especially because they were, you know, the, some years Atlanta comes in and they're, you know, playoff contenders. And then other years Atlanta comes in and they're sitting at one and five. You know, I mean, you just never know what you're going to get on Atlanta every year. Um, I mean, a couple years ago they were a Super Bowl contender. And this team has not changed that much since that Super Bowl year. It's time to bring in a defensive-minded coach. Yep, and I think that's what they're, they're going to have to get because they do have good defensive players on top of it. That's the scary part too. Is that they? I mean, you have guys like Tack McKinley out there. You know, you, I mean, you, you have Desmond Trufant out there. I mean, it's not like you, you don't have. You have Deion Jones in that, that like line. Deion Jones was a speaker. Yeah, and, and you got you have all these players, and, and you you have Grady Jarrett up front. So what the hell is going on? There's just a lot of questions there, mm-hmm. and none of them seem to get answered on the defensive side of the football. So th- that's going to consistently be an issue. Um, next up, you got the 49ers, 20-7 to over the Rams. Here is another team. I'm talking about getting figured out. The, the NFC Championship, LA Rams, drop a third one in a row, 20-7, 49ers, 5-0 for the first time since 1990. They're leading that division right now. There's a lot of question marks. Who are both of these teams? Yeah. Who is this? I mean, are we are we still talking about Jimmy G here? We are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. Like, 
they're they're winning games, and and, and I'm not going to take away from the teams they face either because they're they're beat they're they're not ju- just beating teams they're they're beating them. Well, and, and the one big thing that I think is worth talking about in this whole thing, Jared Goff. Jared Goff threw for under 100 yards. It was rough. And I mean, this was this was one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen out of Jared Goff. And have the Rams was also not available, which yeah. probably hurt, but it shouldn't have been that bad. No, I mean, so are the Rams figured out at this point? Yeah. Have the Rams been figured out? They're they're zero three for the last three weeks. I think they've gotten complacent. It may be. I mean, that could be the case. But sitting at three and three now, something's got to give. Something they they got to figure something out. This is their third in the division. Third in the division, coming out of a Super Bowl. That's that's a problem. So I mean, the Rams drop a heartbreaker to the Niners. Next up, you got the Broncos shutting out the Tennessee Titans. Um, the, the, I mean, this is the first shutout for the Broncos since Week 14 of 2017. Um, Broncos defense was weirdly good in this game. Mariota was strangely well, their, their bad. Their defense have, has been good through history. The Broncos has had a good defense, not in recent memory. In recent memory, Broncos defense has been questionable. In the top ten, hasn't uh, I don't think it has been. But Ryan Tannehill winds up coming in for Marcus Mariota in this game. Mariota, 7 for 18, 63 yards, two interceptions. Tannehill rolls in, throws a pick of his own, uh, gets 144 yards. Mariota was benched at halftime. Derrick Henry looked miserable. Um, they just couldn't get anything going. Your boy Joe Flacco comes in. He has a rough game, too, but they do just enough to get it done. Phillip Lindsay, 15 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown, gets in there. Um, the Broncos, I, are they? is their offense any good? No, but they did just enough to beat out a uh, Titans team that was just questionable on the offensive side of the football. Last year, Denver was rough. The year before, they were third-best defense. Oh, okay. See. They got Von Miller. They, they have a good secondary yeah. team. They, they start trading away pieces a little bit, too. Yeah, I don't know where they're sitting at this year, but I, I know. They, they, they just start to fizzle out once they trade to leave. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, next up, you got the big upset of the week. 24-22, to Jets beat the Cowboys. Um... Cowboys, they are another team that's getting figured out. They lose three straight games for the first time since 2017. You, you, you remember one of my bold predictions? What was that? I said that, uh, and keep in mind that Darnold going down kind of derailed that for a little while. Mm-hmm. I said um, the Jets will be this year's Browns, and they're going to upset teams. Oh, jeez, and here's one of them. The Jets get their first and, win of the and year. And Darnold's here. Like, you, you can't hold me to it. I'm not, I, I never said that about the back quarterback, but Darnold, I like. I like Darnold. Yes. Um, Dak Prescott had himself an okay game. Ezekiel Elliott had himself an okay game. Um, I mean, Darnold went off through the 38 two touchdowns. He did have a pick on the day, but he had himself a good day. Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder all stepped up, played good ball. So, I mean, you, you've got uh, this Jets team that, that looked very different with Sam Darnold at the helm. And uh, here we are, Jets beating Cowboys. Are the Cowboys figured out? Um, we're going to be talking about that in a minute, too, because we've got stuff from good old Jerry Jones, which, I mean, what else is new there? Um, next up, big another big upset. Well, kind of an upset in a way. Steelers beat the Chargers 24-17. Um, Chargers, they've lost five of their last six primetime games at home. Um, and here they are, two and four, after you and I sat there in the offseason and predicted that they were a... Super Bowl team. I don't. I, I don't know what's going on with them. Strange. I, I don't know. It's one of the most strange things I've I've ever seen. Um, I they're just falling apart randomly. They do have a lot of injuries. They have injuries in their secondary. 
Both their safeties are hurt. Um, you know, they, they, there's a lot of injuries there. Pouncey's down with the neck injury. Uh, you know, but the Chargers are just not the same team from last year. Phillip Rivers is a questionable at best. Um, Chargers falling apart, and the Steelers are getting it done with backup quarterbacks against the Chargers. Yeah, they're strength. So, I mean, both teams sitting at 2-4 and four right now. Neither of them are having seasons to write home about. But, um, yeah, that's where we're at. And then last but not least, Monday Night Football. The Lions lose a heartbreaker to the Packers, 23-22, to in probably the most controversial fashion you can. Um, Packers 17-3 versus the Lions at home since 2000. And this um, is kind of what I'm saying. Like, the, the, it was a very good game. I think this division is going to be very competitive all year. Yep. Um, Lions, Lions were, sit one. It, they look further back than they are because they're the only team in the division that's had a bye so right. far. But they've only had two losses in five weeks, so we have the tie in there. It, it's going to be a very tight division. The the Lions were 4-0 against the Packers leading into this game. Packers get it done. We're going to go into that. Aaron Rodgers had himself an all right day. Um, I want to talk about these stats, but it was probably the most controversial game that we saw. Um, so, and we're going to, I want to jump into this. I'm going to take a quick break, but we're going to jump into this whole thing. This Lions, Packers, referees, nonsense that went on on Monday Night Football. We're going to jump into that when we get back from the break. Um, and uh, you ready for that, Tyler? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So, um, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll be right back, right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, no. Get ready. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Saturdine. Uh, I'll leave again, fine. <laughs> He's all on his vacations. All on the vacation still, aren't you? Found grievance. Finally, really? And I am uh, his uh, co-host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. And uh, Tyler, you know, we took our break. Um, and, and the main reason I took the break, you know, when I did is because this is a bigger topic um, all year long, really. And and really, since since I've been a football fan, since my grandfather was sitting at home and I was six years old and he was watching the Lions game and screaming at the TV about how much he hates Wayne Fonts. And, um, you know, it, refs miss calls. The refs. And the we always heard about the refs, and particularly the referees with the Lions. We, we always hear about it. Um, Lions fans, they, they, they're pissed off, they're upset, they're angry, and, and they have good reason to be, you know, over what transpired on Monday night. 
Um, for those of you who don't know, they had two illegal hands-to-the-face calls against them, one that led to a Packers touchdown. Both on third downs. Both on third down where where the Packers got stopped. Um, The second one uh, uh, extends the Packers' drive for a minute and a half, keeps the the Packers alive, has them kill the clock so they can get the game-winning field goal. Um, We also had a, a... a pass interference call, which I'm going to address in this whole thing, or a missed pass interference call, so I'm going to address in this rant. But here's my my thing about this. I understand why Lions fans are upset, okay? I get it. I completely understand where Lions fans are upset, in particular, with this game and, and the way this game was called. I, I get it, okay? I'm not going to take away the fact that Absolutely 110%. Aaron Rodgers should have been stopped, you know, on on that drive. It should have been a stop on the first hands to the face. The second one. Because that, that, that was the one that would have resulted in a punt. It, well, no, it would have resulted in a field goal. They were in field goal range because the next play. Yes, was, yeah, yeah. In, in a field goal. Yeah, it would have, it would have resulted but in a field it, goal. But it, it would have for sure not been seven points. Here's, here's the kicker about that, and I'm just going to start with that one. Okay, I understand that it extended a drive. Okay, I get it. However, you gave up a 35-yard touchdown to an undrafted rookie wide receiver who was covered by your $36 million corner. That's that's what what went on in that for after that first one. That's what that was what the result was so of that first one. I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers my, or not. My uh, take on that's a little bit different. Um, to me, I'll I'll I'm I'll, I'll accept the fact that yes, it had they called that penalty. That play that you mentioned would have never happened. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm willing to throw that out the window for a second. Mm-hmm. But the amount of time, amount of drives that the Lions had to settle for a field goal. Yeah. If 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 one of those drives turned to a touchdown, um, this game's over. Yep. If two of those drives turned to a touchdown, this game's a blowout. Yep. And and here's the the problem I also have with this game is okay, so. We want to talk about the referees as though you didn't have an opportunity to put this game away. I'm going to go right down the line. Three for 13 on third downs. We'll start there. Okay. Lions were three for 13 on third downs, one for three in the red zone. Okay. That's that's thing number one. Settle for five field goals in that game. After the first quarter, they had 188 yards of total offense in the first half. They go into the next three quarters. All three quarters, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, combined 101 yards. And I'm supposed to think that that they deserve to win that football game in some way, shape, or form. Okay, Settle for five field goals. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what he said. You kick field goals that much, you're going to lose. It's just a fact. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's the reality. Lions gave up 170 yards on the ground in that game. 170 yards on the ground. They increased, just when you didn't think it was possible to increase it, they increased their average yards per play from 4.8 to 4.84 with their crappy, and I mean crappy, uh, uh, run defense. I mean, really, that's what it was. Yep. Uh, I mean, you, you gave up 447 yards of total offense in that game. 447 yards. There, and, and then in the second half of the game, in, in quarters three and four, they put up 58 yards. 58 yards. They had one play 
that flea flicker played a Galladay that resulted in more yards than that. It resulted in 66. So in one play in the first quarter, they had more yardage gained than the entire second half of that football game. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to sit there and believe, oh, yeah, yeah, the Lions got it done. The Lions were playing good ball. Now I'm going to talk about the, the pass interference call because I'm, I'm tired of hearing about the pass interference call. First of all, when it comes to that pass interference call, everybody calls it so blatant. Now we saw it in the uh, um, the Chiefs game with Anthony Hitchens, right? And we agreed that that pass interference call in the Chiefs game with Anthony Hitchens looked much worse when it was played in slow motion. It was. It was just a fact. Because when the guy came up and he made the play, it was such a bang-bang type of play that it, was, it wasn't as egregious as Lions fans sat there and made it out to be. When it got painted in slow motion, that's when it looked like, oh, this is definite pass interference. But if you watch that in real time, it did not look like pass interference at all. And then... Well, correct. But um, in, in reality, um, if the receivers touch and touched before he touched the ball, it would be a pass interference. And upon review, and this is where I'm going to go with it, um, it probably would have been reversed. But they call Pat, these Matt bang, Patricia bang plays. did not challenge the play. Yeah, and well, that's another issue in itself. They, they call these plays bang-bang plays. You know, and, and we, we always heard that term, but nobody ever acknowledges that term for some weird reason. We always talk about bang-bang plays. This play that went on in this particular game, it was a bang-bang play. The ball comes in, he had his hands on the ball, the guy, I mean, it didn't inhibit him from catching the ball. He had both hands on the frickin' football. I mean, and he he let it go. Jones let it go. I mean, it was a bang-bang play. Guy came up to make a play on the ball. Hand wound up getting wrapped around his chest. It wasn't something as egregious as, as you know, Nickel Roby Coleman or anything like that. But it was a bang-bang play. And if it was that egregious, and, and if, if everybody thought it was such a, a tremendous, horrendous penalty, then Matt Patricia should have been pulling that flag out and throwing it on the field. So they could have said And that's said where yes. I'm at. I do think it was a pass interference, but um, if, if, if you felt that strongly on it, where was the flag? Right. And that's, and, my, and that's where I'm at. And, and that's the kicker about the whole thing. Where was the flag? And, and you know, Lions were 56 yards on the ground. Where is this, this amazing rushing offense that I was hearing about them having this year? Where was that? Because that was gone. And that, that hasn't been around all year long. I mean, they, they haven't been getting it done on the ground. So where, where was that? T.J. Hawkinson drops a touchdown in the end zone. Where were we talking about that? Everybody's talking about the referees, but nobody's talking about the fact that the Lions let so many things slip through their fingers in this football game. Nobody's talking about the fact that they didn't get it done. And that's why, and I, I and you know, Valenny said it, I said it on this show, and I'm going to double down on it. That's why everybody in this town is freaking losers. Everybody in this town, if you're blaming the referee, you're a loser, period. Because you can never let your football team take responsibility for a loss, ever. When the Lions win a football game in this town, it's always, oh, the Lions are so good. Look how great they are. Oh, my gosh, they're playing Super Bowl caliber football, and Matt Stafford's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, oh, my gosh, look at how great Kenny Galladay is. And, ooh, look at Snacks. He's so great up front. But guess what? When they lose a football game, and they lose it basically on their own volition because they had several opportunities to put this game away. They had several, and nobody can tell me that they didn't. They had several opportunities to put this game away, and what did it turn into? They lost this football game because they put the, the game in the referee's hands. And I have a question about that. 
when will the Detroit Lions learn that you can't put the game in the referee's hands if you're always talking about getting screwed by refs? At what point do you stop putting it in their hands? They should have had it won 10 minutes prior. It's the definition of insanity. That's what it is. It's the definition of insanity. You, you can't. You can't. You always blame the referees for a loss. Always. Well, if you're always blaming the referees for the loss, then what the heck is going on, and why are you putting it in their hands? Why? And and as far as I always hear about this this nonsense, and just because it's on my mind, and what we're talking about, Anthony Hitchens, too, um, I'm sorry. You want to talk about that pass interference in the playoff game against Dallas? Anybody want to talk about that? Okay, great. It's real hard to turn around and make a play on the football when you're getting face masked all the way down the field because that's a fact. Pictures don't lie. Guy had his hand deep in that guy's face mask. The fact that that wasn't called on that play, ridiculous. Should have been a face mask or offensive offensive pass interference on that play. Plain and simple. Wasn't a stiff arm. He had his hands curled in the guy's face mask. So I don't want to hear about Dallas anymore. I don't want to hear about the Dallas playoff game anymore because your receiver was face masking the opponent. Period. That's what it is. It's just a fact. And so, and none of neither of us are going to deny the fact that that the NFL has a certain liking towards certain teams. Yeah, I'm going to agree um, with that. I'm not going to deny and that. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote my uh, my boy Ray for a quick minute here. Mm-hmm. Prior to the Super Bowl, Ravens were were one of those teams that were like, you know what, they're not the team that, they're not like our our poster child team. Right. So naturally, um, however happens, um, certain things happen to those type of teams. Yep. A lot of times referees. Yep. Um, Lions are in that boat. They yeah. are the most penalized team sometimes for no reason. But Ray said it best. Um, when the world picture um, has, has deemed you the villain, being nice isn't going to change their mind. Bingo. Embrace it, abuse it, use it. Yeah, and and that's what the Detroit Lions need to do. Quit whining. And quit and, and 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 that and that that last part of that being nice isn't going to reverse that. That goes to uh, that. I take that up to um Lions uh, management. Um, whether mm-hmm. Patricia, the GM, or all the way to the Fords, don't be quiet on it. Um, be angry. Well, well, not use only, it. Not only is is it just being quiet about it, but then. You know, here's the kicker about the whole thing, and if I'm a Lions fan, I'm going to be angry because I had to sit there and listen to Matt Stafford go, oh, well, we were playing the Packers, we weren't paying the refs, and da 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 Well, you know what, Matt Stafford? You make $30 million a year. I don't give a crap what the league's going to find you. If I'm a Lions fan, you better make that stand as a leader on this football team. Maybe uh, Mrs. Stafford should be the spokesman for the Lions. Apparently, because she's been the one that's been speaking up. I mean, realistically, Matt Stafford, he goes out and he's making that $30 million. He didn't speak up on this whole thing. He didn't He didn't go out and, well, we, you know, but I, and while I appreciate that Matt Stafford came out and said, you know, oh, well, you know, we didn't get it done on the field. Do I appreciate that? Yeah. But not saying a single solitary word about, you know, the referee thing. Well, now we got an issue. And and kudos, I'm sorry, I, I mean, it might not be the right thing to say, but kudos to David Bakhtiari for selling the crap out of that. That guy should be a professional wrestler. <laughs> he sold the crap out of both those things from from uh, uh, Trey Flowers. He made it look like he was ripping his head off. He was swinging his head backwards and everything. Bakhtiari sold the crap out of it. I mean, Kudos to him. 
for for you know doing that. I mean, it, and and really Marvin Jones, and and that's another thing I want to point out on on that pass interference play. Marvin Jones flopped so egregiously on that pass interference play. He wasn't even pulled; just the arm was there. All the best receivers do. Yeah, and he <laughs> just flopped and fell on his back like he had just been shot in the face. And all the best uh, receivers pulled that. Oh, he, he flopped, and and it was ridiculous. And and so I mean, while Bakhtiari was selling it, Marvin Jones was also trying to sell that, and and it was a little ridiculous. But at the end of the day, it, Lions, if you're as good as everybody says, and you're as good as you claim, and you're and and you're you're a great football team, what are you gonna do? Take the game out of the refs' hands. You, win the game yourself. You you know you're not in, in the in the favored favored few of the league, right? Don't don't let the don't let the league screw you. Yeah, don't let the the league decide your fate. Win the game. Yep. Go out and win the game. Play ball. Um, put up those touchdowns instead of field goals. Yep. Um, no team won a Super Bowl on putting up five field goals. Exactly. Now now, teams that we also have to talk about that that haven't been winning football games. Um, Chiefs, Rams, Cowboys. All three of these teams. Now the between the three. Your, your of them, stats wrong, by the way. How's my stat wrong? Because the Chiefs haven't had a bye yet. In the last three weeks, they've won a game. So I don't. Chiefs are Chiefs lost their last two. Yeah. And the Cowboys. But you said Chiefs, Rams, and Cowboys are combined zero and eight in the last three weeks. Oh, okay, one and eight. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They're combined one and eight in the last three weeks. But that that, that sounds accurate. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs have lost, or I'm sorry, Chiefs have lost the last two. Rams have lost the last three. Cowboys have lost the last three. That's where we're at here. Cowboys get upset by the Jets this week of all probably teams. Probably one and seven, then three, six, nine. No, no, one and three. I'm sorry, zero and three. Three losses. Three losses. Two losses. Oh, wow, my math is off there. Wow, wow, wow! Look at the math guy over here. <laughs> the math guy over here is screwing up. Uh, but one and eight in the last three weeks. Chiefs have. Um, are we, we were just talking about this? Chiefs are they still one of the best teams in football? They still what? are. I mean, I, I think they need to realize that they're they're being they're, they're they're being figured out. Yeah. Um, Same with the Rams. The the Rams too, and I think all three teams you can't say are bad teams. They they have a ton of talent mm-hmm. on all three teams. I think they're just in a rut. Yeah, they could be. Um, would you would you take all three of these teams and say that they are still playoff teams after these three these last three weeks? I guess that that'll the be the Chiefs, big question. Yes, um, this year at least in the first six weeks here, the NFC is a lot stiffer mm-hmm. than, the, than the AFC. Yeah. So Rams to me are kind of in trouble right now, especially given their division. We got a five and O team and a five and one team in in the Seahawks. A five and O team that just beat you. Yes. You know, and and when your big name, brand new signee quarterback just went for under a hundred yards in a game. That's terrifying to me. If I'm the Rams, I'm terrified. Given their division, I think there's reason to be concerned. Yeah. Cowboys, not as much because the Eagles are also not really performing. So the Cowboys, I think, are still tied for the division lead here. Uh, they might be. I think I think they're tied right now with the Eagles at this point. Yeah, so Cowboys, no, they're, they're still kind of in control here. Chiefs as well because... Chargers suck right now. Yeah, Chargers have fallen apart, which is strange. But in, in Chiefs' case, they're still a 4-2 and two win team. They're still in good shape. Right. Now, a team that, just throwing this out there, a team that's nipping at the heels of the Chiefs 
is those Oakland Raiders. Yes, they are. Three and two, they're, they're coming off the bye. Now, understand the Raiders, they got a tough one ahead of them. They're going up against Green Bay next week. But the Raiders are nipping at the heels of the they've Chiefs. They've been here. wishy-washy, but they've been they've been playing good ball. Yeah, so that becomes a a scary situation. There, you're not going to see the Broncos come up and take the division, and right now you're not going to see the Chargers come up and take the division. But the Raiders are there, mm-hmm. so that that becomes a question. It you know I don't I don't think the Raiders will will take it from them, but this is starting to become like a toilet bowl division with, with the Chiefs of all teams sitting there. That's that's crazy to me. That's absolutely crazy. I wouldn't go toilet bowl quite yet. I think the toilet bowl divisions. I mean, I'm I'm going to take take that helm in in, the, in AFC North here. <laughs> um, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a runaway. Well, I got to ask the question: Who's the best team in the NFL, Tyler? As far as you're concerned. Um, right now, I, I think you have to put it on on the Super Bowl champions, just because they've they're winning games, they're doing it confidently. Mm-hmm. But my question is: it's, They haven't really. Faced anybody? They haven't played anybody. They, um, there's six wins. They've faced three backups. <clears throat> yep. And the other three are on bad teams as well. Exactly. Um, the best team they face in the Steelers, they steamrolled with the starting Big Ben. So mm. that's kind of a big one. But at the same time, Steelers even with Big Ben weren't doing much of anything anyway. Yeah, but didn't Big Ben go down in that game? It was the next game. It was the next game. Okay. So I mean, they, no, no, it might have. It was that yeah. game, but they were already losing by a lot anyway. So right. it's not like Big Ben kept them in or anything. I mean, the Steelers are, are trash anyway. So, so I, to me, it's um, it, you're talking the Patriots are probably your your winner there. Um, but then your two undefeated teams, the Patriots and the Niners. I I want to see more. Yeah, I want to see them face a different team. Um, yeah, the Niners beat the Rams and the Browns, but you're talking about two declining teams right now. Yep, two teams that have not been playing up to to snuff here. Both teams um, now, are questionable. And, I, and I'm not saying Ravens are this great team, but in three weeks when, when the Patriots face the Ravens, if they go and just demolish the Ravens, I'll say yes. The New England Patriots are about to run away with the league. Right. I agree with that. I agree. But if it's close, if we, it's a one-score game, then I'm, I'm going to stand by my statement. Um, it probably still is New England, but it's not this landslide. Yeah, and I also think you know teams to talk about, you know, you, I think you're talking about Houston. I think you're talking about Houston's heating up. Yep, I think you're talking about Green Bay, and I think you're talking about Minnesota. And you haven't even mentioned the team I feel I, I feel is the number one team in the league. Seattle. I still have mentioned them. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I'm assuming it's Seattle. Nope. Or, or I mean the Saints. The oh. fact that the Saints are five and one <laughs> with, with Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Yep. With uh, and uh, uh, come on, Breeze's injury. It's it's on his non-throwing hand. Yep, but one thing, so, one so thing he, I want to—he's going to be warmed up. He's going to be ready. He's going to—he's going to be fired when he gets back. Now, one thing I want to point out about this Saints team is, if you look at the scores of their games, the Saints games with Teddy Bridgewater under helm, under the helm, there is they have been what low scoring, been low scoring. But games. it is a backup quarterback. It is a backup. No, no. But the reason I say I point that out is because it shows you how good the Saints defense has been. Yes. How good the Saints defense has been. I mean, look at this. They they held the Jags and Minshew Mania. They hold them to six points. I mean, the Saints' defense has been good. And first game, Texans were up twenty eight, but it's the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rams beat them twenty nine to to, to twenty seven to nine. That was Breeze's last game. That was the game he went down. Yep. Um, and then um, they beat the Seahawks mm-hmm. with Bridgewater. Yep. Thirty three twenty seven. So uh-huh. it's right in the last. No, I'm going to take. A, I'm not going to take a, take that away from you. Their defense has not been very good. It's been two games they've held a team under twenty points, just two. Really? 
Yeah. I'm surprised. They held the Cowboys at 10. They held, held the Jaguars at 6. But then the Buccaneers wouldn't put up a, tw- uh, a 24 spot on them. Oh, the, the hot Bucks for a minute? The hot for a second Bucks? And they still beat the Bucks. And, <laughs> and Bridgewater put up 31 points. Yep. This is why, to me, this is possibly one of your teams in the league here. They're getting it done with their backup. Yep. And they're and they're they're winning games. They're not lo- they haven't lost a game since Bridgewater came in. No, they, they and and Breeze is getting healthy. He's warming up because it's, it's not like he's got to he's got to he's got to get healthy on, his, on anything he needs. Yeah, this is left arm. He's ready to play. He's ready to play basically right now. This could be the most dangerous team in football. Saints could win the whole thing, and uh, maybe it's just a little and, bit of a matter. And, of- and, and we said this before the season even started. Yeah. So I mean that that could be a possibility. You could see the New Orleans Saints in the bowl again. You could see that. Well, again, they've gotten screwed a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> but you you could see the Breeze versus Brady matchup here. You could see that. That could I'm be. I'm sure it's what the NFL wants. Yeah. Well, duh. I mean, why wouldn't the NFL want? So to, that? The, to the three other teams. Yeah. Don't let the refs take it from you. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> that's uh, it. That's advice that. of the week here. Yep. Now. um... Speaking of uh, the Patriots, they go out and suspend defensive end Michael Bennett for one week for conduct detrimental to the team. Um, I guess he got into it with a coordinator. Um, that was uh, a thing there. I, I He got into it with a coordinator, missed a team meeting. Um, they decided to suspend him for a week. Um, he was upset about his lack of playing time. I mean, there's, there's a lot going into it there. How do you feel about um, Michael Bennett uh, being off the field. Um, and as long as they keep playing bad teams, they're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael Bennett to me is he's he's okay. He's a good player. He's a good player. I don't think he's anything great. Well, no. I mean, he... I mean does he got doesn't he got a um a pending uh like felony? Or am I thinking somebody else? You're probably thinking of somebody else. Michael Kendricks, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, Kendricks has the, the whole thing with insider trading. Yeah, I'm thinking Kendricks. Not not, yeah. not, uh, <laughs> not Michael that, not, not Bennett. Um, Mike, Michael Bennett, he's, he's been a loud mouth his entire career. We know that. I mean, his brother's no different. Yeah, but uh, Michael Bennett, he is uh, suspended for the Patriots. I don't think it's that big of a loss, but um, I, I think it's, it's worth noting because the Patriots' defense has been weirdly good. Um, but... Uh, or the Patriots, the Patriots defense have been weirdly good, but they've been good against bad teams. I, I have questions whether or not Michael Bennett is actually a part of that, you know, or how much of a part of it he he really is. Yeah, and, and that's why I don't buy this this argument that the Patriots are on pace to be the best defense in the history of the league. Like, yeah, I don't buy that. Let me see some uh, teams they face first. Yeah, some, some good teams. Yeah, that's that's like, going to be questions. They're not on the one. same pace as like you're like um, double zero Ravens and your eighty five right. Bears and seventy eight Dolphins and. They're not that. No, no. I think they're not they're, even. They're not even O two bucks. I think Gilmore's a good corner, but he is not. You know, they they are not the defense that you know we would look at and go, oh yeah, they're amazing. Sure, they're not even the best defense the last two years. Cause, I mean, Ravens' defense last year was lights out. Right, right. I I don't I don't buy the Patriots' defense right now because they're taking on nobody. And, and they're still a very good defense. I'm not going to take that away from them. I don't I don't even know that they're like a very good defense. I think I think they're they're a crappy they're a crappy team beater. That's really what it is <laughs> at this point. They're a crappy team beater. They 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 go out and just stomp on teams. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, they just they go in and beat the Washington Generals and stomp on them for a little bit, and that's about it. I mean, that's that's really what it is. I mean, I, I don't buy it. So I mean, 
<laughs> so <laughs> Scott and I are trying to kill this stupid fruit fly. There's one fruit fly in this house. And I'm trying to be quiet about it, and they just kind of catch my hand. Scott's just going. <laughs> yeah, I'm just smacking it. Thing. I, I got. It's bugging me, man. It's one freaking fruit oh, fly. It's bugging you. Ah, oh, I see what you did there. You're horrible. Um, but yeah. Anyway, back to uh, football. Um, so next up, uh, when we're talking about um, about the teams that are are bad, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna be talking about the Dolphins here because the, that's one of the many teams that, that I, the, I'm pretty sure you already summed it up. Teams that are bad. Teams that are bad. Yep. Um, well, we we have this QB roundup going on. So Ryan Tannehill or Ryan Tannehill gets traded in the offseason or gets sent out the door in the offseason, mm-hmm. and he gets picked up by the Titans, right? And then they go and they pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they put him on their team. And then they go trade for Josh Rosen and put him on their team. Ryan Fitzpatrick plays poorly. They pull him. They put Josh Rosen in. They say he is our starter. And then after they say he is our starter, Josh Rosen does so bad that they put Ryan Fitzpatrick back in. <laughs> and now, <laughs> is... How number one? How reminiscent of the, is this of the Tampa Bay box of it's last worse. year? Yeah, I think it's worse. And number two, how on a scale of one to ten, how funny is it at this point that Josh Rosen is involved with all of this nonsense? The the way he's been involved, ten. I, I think that's outstandingly hilarious. I think it's funny that he's making his way back to the forgotten five or forgetful five on yeah, a consistent basis. He's got- a certain uh, promising quarterback's trying to give him some competition. Yeah, yeah, though. he's giving him a run for his money. What but are you doing, Baker? Yeah, yeah, Baker has been on there. But, I, I mean, it's this has gotten out of control in Miami. Who do you think goes Owen, or Owen, uh, Owen whatever? How long do you think the winless streak is going to last for Cincinnati? And how long do you think the winless streak is going to last? Since you win a game. <laughs> they'll win a game. Well, <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. They'll, they'll um, win one. AJ, AJ Green's come back eventually. Um, to me, Miami's just horribly bad. Mm. Um, I would put good money on them going on 16. It's getting to that point. It's uh, to that level. Here's a question for you. Mm. Would you take Josh Rosen or Ryan Lee? Oh, probably Ryan Lee. Wow. Probably Ryan Leaf wow. in this situation. I don't like Ryan Leaf. Oh, Jake Locker. I'd go with Jake Locker all day. <laughs> That's bad. I'd go with Jake Locker all day over Josh Rosen. Are you kidding me? Ugh. Terrell Pryor, but he has to be a quarterback only. I would take Pryor. I would. I would take Pryor. I don't know. I would take Pryor in that situation. Bernard Robinson? I mean, can I use him as an offensive weapon? Nope, he's got to be quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he's he's going to be a running quarterback, obviously. Yes. oh it's so bad um we also have uh speaking of bad quarterbacks brock osweiler retires after eight seasons are you gonna miss him time he's around that long yeah eight seasons he was still around sign with the dolphins they need a quarterback (laughs) (laughs) oh that's bad um we also have a uh an interesting situation where so we talked about it earlier and and you and i did talk about it um, we got to talk about it now. Zach Brown trash talks Kirk Cousins over last all during last week, saying that Kirk Cousins is quote unquote the weakest part of the Vikings offense. Um, saying that Kirk Cousins is trash. I mean, you you don't believe it has anything to do with it, but I want to say it, it does. It, I want to say come it on, does. it doesn't. He, he goes out and he trash talks Kirk Cousins. The Eagles defense goes out and gets lit up by Kirk Cousins. 
um, and, and the Vikings. They they lose 38 to 20. The Vikings just went ham on him through the air. Cousins just went nuts. Cousins claims he didn't read the comments from Zach Brown. Bullshit. But um, yeah, but, he's a he's a Spartan. He, yeah. he looks at all the all the hate. So Zach Brown gets released by the Eagles this the day after they get beat down by the Vikings. You don't cut somebody for making making. Should talk to players. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. looking fishy. Yeah. <laughs> your your child imagination just wanting to believe that that somebody's got to put in their place and then cut for it. <laughs> Come on, you can't tell me. that. Oh, I got him. You got him. You got the he got the little yeah, fruit fly. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> we were trying to catch that little bastard the whole time, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, he's all excited about a smash fly in his hand. That'll be ten bucks. <laughs> you are not an exterminator. Um, so it did. Now this whole situation raises the question. Is Kirk Cousins back, Tyler? I gotta ask that question. Too soon to say. Too soon to say. After, um, after two games straight, three hundred yards. Because it, that's not that's not that's not kid. This wasn't his first. Last week wasn't his first good game. He, he, on throughout the first couple games, he had he's had a good game. He didn't he's, have his first couple games were bad. But the third one was good, and they had a bad one. And the fourth fourth and fifth have been good. Well, his, I, I I'm gonna stop you there because his third one was good in garbage time. It was garbage time numbers. I mean, really. Well, you can't take away from skill set. Garbage time in, against the Bears that were playing off defense. Garbage time against the Packers. Um, Kirk Cousins stunk for the first four games of this this season. I mean, it's it's just the reality. And now here we are. I have I have questions it's about this. Too soon. <clears throat> you think so? It's too soon. I don't know. I mean, I we're I think. This is going to be a telling game this week. Against what, I, the what I what I look at when it comes to saying saying yes or no for sure for sure and something. <clears throat> would you bet your house on Kirk Cousins being back? I mean, like he has to ha- he has to put up he has to be good the rest of the year to say yes he's back. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a hit or miss quarterback. So, yeah, I can agree with that. I, I think the Vikings have been very have benefited from the great O line. I think the, uh, now here's a better question: Are Diggs and Thielen back? They've they've been there to me. They've been there all year. I mean, they've been there. They they've been open. They've been ready. And Kirk Cousins just hasn't been making the throws. Mm-hmm. So is this Vikings offense? Is the passing offense of the Minnesota Vikings back, or will this week against the Detroit Lions, which is a bet a very good defense, will this be the telling week? <clears throat> this will be a telling if if if, if he goes out and has another three hundred yard game. I'll say all right, Kirk Cousins is he's, he's warming up. Yep, but. If you're asking me if Kirk Cousins is back, I'm doing it on the Kirk Cousins scale. Like to me, Kirk Cousins being at his at his full momentum is a couple good games, shit the bed. Couple good games, shit the bed, shit the bed. Couple good games. The, the Kirk Cousins scale is a thing now. Yeah, is, is that but, a, that's so a term? when you say Kirk Cousins is back, that means that Kirk Cousins is playing at a Kirk Cousins level, <laughs> and Kirk Cousins level is typically hit or miss. Yeah, the Kirk Cousins scale. We're gonna we're gonna have to use that <laughs> moving forward. The Kirk Cousins scale. I kind of like that. Um, now, speaking of coming back, Patrick Peterson returning from a six game suspension. He'll be coming back to his team. It's coming off of two wins in a row. Kyler Murray's got two in a row. It could turn Cardinals into a playoff spoiler. Really? Type of team. You think so? Kyler Murray's played good ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's kind of surprised me. I thought he was going to be, he's going to shit the bed. Um, You can tell that he's actually a playing well. He's just on a bad team. Yeah, he's on a bad team. That's that's what it is. He's um, on a bad team. I to agree me, with that. Um, and I and keep in mind, I, I said at the beginning of the year he's going to be a shit quarterback. He's even though the record says it is, I'm going to say that Kyler Murray's playing like a good quarterback. Yeah, 
He just needs more support. He he looks like a number one overall pick. And I think when you're relying on a pushing 40 on receivers, you're number one. Yeah, you need help. <laughs> yeah, and, and Christian and, Kirk's and, a good. And, and, and I'm not gonna say that. Um, and, and I'm not trying to shit on Larry Fitz. He's just slowing down. He is. He's 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 balling out the best he can with with all the young guys. Age age catches up to you eventually. It does, and, and it's it's just the the reality. He's he's um, he, you know he, he's proven he's he's got that alien blood in him. Yep. Um, but eventually it it runs out. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, now speaking of of alien blood and running out and injuries and all that jazz, we got quite a few guys hitting IR. Um, the Bears placed Akeem Hicks on IR with an elbow injury this week. Um, they also placed Kyle Long on IR with a hip injury this week. Um, how badly do these two things? And I think they hit them really badly. How badly do these things hurt the Bears moving into a very tough NFC North division? Their offense is already bad. Yes. I mean, you're losing Kyle Long, right? And then you you play Sakeem Hicks on uh, IR as well. I, it's, it's a big hit. It's a big hit. I was, I was about to make a bold prediction. But What's ahead? I know you love my bold predictions. Oh, make the bold prediction. Make it. Bears offense. Okay, so I'm so Bears, the best two defense in the league. Bears, mm-hmm. Bears and Bills. Okay. Yep. Um, Bears... Offense is as bad as Bills' offense at this point. I agree with that. Like the Bill, the Bears and the Bills are the same team to me right now. Yeah. Um, Bears will be a bit better offense when Trubisky's back, but but not by much. Yeah, Trubisky's been bad. I mean, let's just face it. When he was in there, he's been bad. But their number one receiver, they just paid a bunch of money to, is finally after a year and a half coming around. Yeah. Allen Robinson, Robinson is yep. starting to play like his former self. <clears throat> and Chase Daniel is very good about hitting Allen Robinson when he's and in the under center. If, if Trubisky comes back and, and continues to hit Allen Robinson, then I'll say that I'll put the Bears back in the mix of this division. Yeah. But Trubisky and Robinson have to have a nice connection. They, they have to start connecting more. I agree with that. Now, um, <clears throat> we had uh, – well, first of all, I'll do this this – because we, we've got a connect-to-the-dots thing here going on. Um, so next up, I'm going to talk about the Saints. Cornerback uh, P.J. Williams, he was suspended for violating the substance abuse policy. I think that's a hit to the Saints' defense, because P.J. Williams is a good corner. Uh, I think he's their number two over there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's already a hit to a, to a very hit-or-miss defense. Yeah, they, they've been hit-or-miss, but when they're on, they're on. Mm-hmm. When they're on, they shut guys down. When they're, when they're they're Even when they're not on, the offense is good enough to get them down, out of the, the deal here. I So... He's he's um, he's their number two corner, and he's a very good corner. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's he's not fantastic. He's not anything to write home about. But at the same time, he's he's decent. He's a decent number two corner. Um, I think that damages the Saints defense pretty badly, given Definitely. given how thin they are in the secondary. Um, I think the Saints this could put them in trouble. They honestly it, it could, but it's only for two games. So I mean, yeah, Breezy coming back. I think they'll end up being okay, yeah. but it, it'll it'll be a it'll be a minor hit. Yeah, it, it'll be a hit for sure. Um, now one that will be a major hit was the Rams losing Akeem Talib. He's headed to IR with a rib injury. Um, and they they the thing about this and the reason I I'm connecting the dots here, okay. But- yeah, <laughs> the, the, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call it to leave. You know, you know, you know the saying like when you when you kill a butterfly in the past and set, wait, set motion in the future. Yeah, Akib Talib is the butterfly. Yeah, that's it. He is. Um, Akib Talib is is 
a, a great corner. Um, On the upper end at this point, and slowing down. Yeah, he's but slowing down, but corner. he's still very high end. I, I think he's a very high end corner. But so in order to um, to, yeah. to make this work, to connect the dots in order. Yeah, I'm gonna. Nope, that's not the right what, order. What, what order do you want to go? First. With? Okay, so the first Rams, the Browns. Oh, well, no, it's not. It's not yes. just. A, well, it's this one first. Corbett okay. came first. Corbett did Corbett came first. Yes. Okay, so the Browns trade Austin Corbett to the Rams. After that, they 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 trade the offensive lineman over to the Rams. Rams are going to shore up their O line, which is good because Goff's been under a lot of pressure lately, mm-hmm. um, not getting the ball where it needs to go, so he's not getting it done. Then, then the Rams and Ravens execute a trade. Um, Ravens trade away linebacker Kenny Young and a fifth rounder to the Rams. The fifth rounder we got for uh, for, for you just like that <laughs> one in. that's really. They how's, he, the, how's he doing for you? Well, he got released. I yeah, know. Um, so. <laughs> To the Rams for Marcus Peters, a very good corner. Um, Peters has been kind of down with the Rams, but he was still very good with the Broncos, former Pro Bowl corner. Yep. Peters since, is in a contract 20, here. Since 2015, he's had the most interceptions in the entire league. Yep. So the next closest person is eight behind. Right. Peters is in a contract year. Ravens got to make a move here to try and get him re-signed. So they, they take Marcus Peters out of the picture, and then to remedy the situation – the Rams go out and trade a 2020 first rounder, a 2021 first rounder, and an undisclosed fourth rounder to the Jags for Jalen Ramsey. The big move of the week. Jalen Ramsey is now a Ram. How big of a coup is this for the Rams to try and straighten out some of their issues on defense, to try and get their quarterback protected? I thought the Rams, even though they gave up a lot to get Ramsey, they didn't give up as much as the Jags were originally requesting. They get Jalen Ramsey. They technically get him on a discount for the next two years. They got to get him resigned to a long-term deal, and they're going to have the cap space to do it because Aqib Tlaib is going to wind up going out the door at that particular time. I thought this was a great move by the Rams to shore up a great corner. I think the Rams got it done, and they, they did a great job trying to make make inroads on the future of this football team so, and go younger. So throwing the big assumption out here that the Rams and the Ravens both lock in their new players to long-term deals. Yep. Let's throw that as it's happened. Sure. Um, both teams won big here. Yeah. Um, I will say, in my opinion, throwing my buys out the, out the window here, um, value for price – I think Ravens got the better value for price for sure, um, because I mean, because for Ramsey, you, you had to give up give up the the everything in the kitchen sink. It, right, you had to. The Ravens now now it really depends right now. Right now, the Ravens have a better value for Marcus Peters. I'm going to say I'm going to use the term right now, and the reason I'm going to say right now is if the Ravens can't shore up Marcus Peters for a long term deal, if they can't shore him up for that. Then we're we're in trouble here. Then then you you basically traded away a linebacker and a fifth rounder for a a what a rental a, you know a, a 13, 14 game rental. But on the same note, going the other end, mm-hmm. if you cannot shore up either guy, the Ravens have much less risk as well. The Rams are the the issue about the the Jalen Ramsey ordeal, and and they do take less risk. But the issue with the Jalen Ramsey ordeal is. Because of his age, 
because of the cap space they're going to free up, and because of the fact that they don't just have him for one year, they have him for two, I think you're you're over here looking at a situation where the Rams, either way, they get double the years on a discount. So are, are, so are you saying that um, if Ramsey walks out the door after next season, it's worth two first-rounders? It depends on what they do. And and it depends on if they become a Super Bowl team, but I now, doubt he's going to walk he, out the even door. Even they won the Super Bowl next two years, he's not he's not worth two first rounders for two years. I don't know that he's not. Because my concern is, what happened when the Bears traded for Mac? It was within twelve hours. Yep, signed contract. Like yep, I would think giving up the capital you've being the capital you've given up, you want to make sure it's done. They're going to have to do it. The, the way that they're going to have to do it is they're going to have to wait until I keep Tlaib walks out the door to save that cap space. Once that cap space is set... But he's on IR, you're not paying for him right now. But he still affects your cap. That's not once you put him on IR for next season. He's he's not on IR for next season, though. What I mean is you can... he They can still sign him for, for the contract mm-hmm. knowing that at the end of the season they're going to let Tlaib walk. Right. Because you don't got you don't got to be under the cap yeah. until... Yeah, but I, I think I think Talib, I, I think he's got this year and next year on yeah. on the docket, and he'll he'll be done. I think I think this uh, this trade definitely um because you got to think it's um you also got Roby Coleman over there as well. Yep. Um, and I think I think that I think on the Ravens side you're, you've also have writing on the wall. What what's that? Um, you you have you have um Humphrey. Yeah. Now yeah, you have you, Peters. You've got a great player in Marlon. Now you have Peters, right? Mm-hmm. You've already given uh, Tavon Young a, a massive extension to be your nickel corner. Yep. He's hurt, but not his fault. But mm-hmm. um, you have the aging Brandon Carr. And and Ramsey is saying that, that he's hinting that he's not going to ditch the Rams after his contract is up. Um, Actually, yeah, his deal expires after the 2020 season yeah. slides next year. So he's got, I mean, one, a, a year and a half here. I, I, I think Ramsey's going to get picked up. I, I think oh, no, he's, for yeah, sure. They're they're going to pay him. Yeah, you you don't give up all that capital unless you know for sure you're going to be able to get it done. Right. But so as I was saying though, so you, you got Brandon Carr, who's the aging corner, who's kind of been helping out. Mm-hmm. With all of that real estate, do you continue to pay Jimmy Smith fifteen million a year? No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. No way. Not by a long Jimmy shot. Jimmy Smith's done. Yeah, I, I don't think I the think he's only, done in Baltimore. The only way he stays in Baltimore is with so you have, you have Tony Jefferson just got hurt after mm-hmm. the year. Yep. The only way he stays in Baltimore at this point is Jimmy Smith when he gets back from injury. He's he's out a couple more weeks. Uh huh. He crawls into the safety position. Yeah. Resigns and takes a pay cut. That's what's going to happen probably because you know who you know who will take a pay cut and play safety. Who's that? Brandon Carr. Oh, you know he will. And he plays at a high level. Yep. That's that's a big thing. Now, just to throw it out there, the Rams do have $36 million in cap space moving into next season. So they, they can probably get a deal done yeah. at that particular and, time. And Ravens next year have about 60. So they, they're going to have to re-sign uh, Peters mm-hmm. and Humphrey. Yep. Because Humphrey's um, coming up on, on his end of his deal as well. Right. Now, um... Teams that uh, are in dire need of cap, as we were talking about the cap, Cowboys. Um, Jerry Jones this comes out. got a quarterback to sign and a yep. receiver. Yep. Jerry Jones says the Cowboys are not one of the top teams in the NFL, um, citing their three losses right in a row there. 
Way to support your team. Buddy. Yeah, way to go, Jer. Um, that's uh, Jerry Jones has, has become this this old man with zero filter whatsoever. He just says whatever the hell's on his mind. And, um, you know, it showed when he did that whole thing with the Zeke who thing. And now we're, we're here. He's saying his team sucks. I mean, <laughs> really, Jerry Jones is a jerk. Jerry Jones is a loudmouth, and Jerry Jones needs to literally shut the hell up. That's basically what it comes down to. I mean, yeah, that's that's what it is. Shut up, Jerry. We don't want to hear you. Your team doesn't want your, to hear your you. Your team's struggling. Support them. Yeah, support your team. Please. Martha, even Martha supports her team. She doesn't see, say anything. Yeah, Martha, even Mar- Martha is more supportive of her team, <laughs> though, than Jerry Jones is. And uh, one guy that, one person that is not being supported is Marcus Mariota. He gets benched. Tannehill gets put in the game, uh, and, and now Tannehill is set to start versus the Chargers. Tyler, is it the right move? Yes. You think Mariota is is worse than Ryan Tannehill? Yes. Why? Tannehill's taken his team to playoffs twice. I know Mariota has got a, got a playoff win. Um, Mariota's had, also had the luxury of having a better team over the history as well. Tannehill's gotten it done and with garbage with, with a team that's actively traded away every positive weapon that ever came mm, into his yeah. team, still yeah. somehow gets the job done. I mean, I don't know how much of it was actually Ryan Tannehill getting the job done as much as it was things like Kenyon Drake having a good year or as much as it was Jarvis Landry or as much as it was the defense doing something. You know, they, they backed it. Let's fit. And I know we hate using this term, but they back their way into the playoffs. Can we, you, I think we can admit that on, bo- on both occasions they back their way in. Titans are no different. Titans are, are no different, but the Titans got in and the big difference is, is what? They got a playoff win. That's the difference between the two. They got a playoff win. But. Under Marcus Mariota. No, statistically, Marcus Mariota is better. How often is Mariota healthy for a full season? Yeah. And Tannehill's the guy that, that you can that you can put more money on to be healthy and be there for a full season to get it well, done. Well, I don't know. Tannehill's, he's torn his ACL a couple of times, hasn't he? I think he's had a torn ACL on a couple of occasions. Last season. No, the season before. When did when Cutler play? Yeah, it might have been the season before. Two seasons ago, I um, think. the Cutler the Cutler year was was the season when um he didn't play. But besides that, he's he's been around. He's been there. Right. I I mean, Mariota I, always disappears. Come, uh, we need to make the playoff time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I you're talking two quarterbacks that are good enough to get their teams on the cusp. Yeah, I I think I I don't like the decision. If I'm a Titans fan, I'm going oh, okay. The guy had one bad game. Interesting fun fact: Mariota hadn't thrown an interception up until that last game where he got benched. I mean, he had a rough game. I get it. But I, I feel like they prematurely benched him, and here we are. It was a premature benching. Um, let the guy have a bad game. You know, let him let him have a bad game and let him fire back. And uh, I don't think they, they put enough stock in him, and I don't think they gave him enough of an opportunity to get it done. Maybe that's just me. They they just got blown out by an already bad team. That's a, that's that's a rough. I don't uh, even know that it's blown out sixteen to nothing. I mean, they got shut out, but still, I didn't blown okay, out. Okay, well, sh- shutout's what I meant. Like you got shut out by an already yeah. bad team. Like I don't know if it's a blowout per se, but, but shutout, yeah. They 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 haven't been good. Yeah, but um, Tyler, we we want to talk about the people that were good this week. And that's one thing we want to do. Um, when we come back from break, we're going to get into your favorite segment. We're going to get into my favorite segment. We're going to get into our predictions for the week, and uh, we're going to take this one home, episode, uh, what, 42 here, so that's a good time. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. 
At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz, and uh, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the uh, titillating Tyler Dean, and we are um, ready to uh, get into one last segment, Tyler. Are you ready? Technically, it's two or three or... Kind of. Kind of. Well, we, well th- this segment... So there's predictions, too. Oh, yeah, we got predictions. That's right. Jeez. Jeez, well, I'm, I'm slipping. Slipping. Um, but we got to get it, get down to business here, so... Bidness, Tyler. Bidness! Let's do it. So it's time for our one of our favorite segments, Tyler's favorite anyway. Um, it's what we like to call Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's Top Ten. All right. Boo. You love it. <laughs> Tyler, Top Ten, we had some big performances this week. I'm glad to see a lot of purple on that list. Not going to lie. Mm, I don't think there's any. Don't don't you lie to me. Don't you lie to me. <laughs> and for once they had to do something. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Well, Dalvin Cook's been on your list for a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love Dalvin. Alright, number ten. Devontae Freeman. Coming alive finally. Finally, finally woke finally. up. Like, oh shoot. We're playing football. Finally. He goes 18, 118 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. I know you love your yards from scrimmage. I do. Good ball player. Uh, good ball player. He's been a little bit off this year. Um, he's he's injury prone. That's the one thing I don't like about Freeman. But he's kind of always been. Yep. But when he comes alive, he comes alive. When he comes and and, and plays ball, he looks great. Um, gotta love Freeman. Good job by him. I I enjoyed this. He's he's kind of been coming alive the last couple of weeks too. Just, yep. He hasn't made the list, but he's, he's he's warming up. Yeah, and and it's good. I mean, the the Falcons' offense has always been really good, but um, yeah, the. He is when he gets going, it opens up a lot of other things. We got to see that in this in that game for the Falcons when Devontae Freeman gets going and when he's getting catches out of the backfield and he's making runs. Uh, it opens things up for guys like Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper. So uh, we got to see that this game. So it was kind of exciting. Absolutely. And number nine, not to be outdone, but James Conner had 119 yards yeah. scrimmage and two touchdowns. Conner, um, he, he's a you know, still a good running back. He's not playing as well as he was last year. Well, the first half of last year, right? yeah. I, I, I've been trying to, I've been trying to tell people he, he's kind of he tapered started off to then. slow down the second half of last season. Uh, Connor, he's still a good back though, and and I, I mean, he's really one of the only things that the Steelers have at this point in time um, you know, on that offense. There hasn't been much else to write home about. Um, 
Connor's a good ball player. He gets it done against a Chargers team that's kind of questionable on the defensive side of the football right now. No safety help there to come up and, and make plays against the run. Um, questionable linebackers. Um, so he gets it done. He gets it done against a questionable team, but he still gets it done. T.J. Watt, though, has kind of been... In, Watt's good. He's a good ball player. One of the best defend, defensive players in the league right. quietly this year. It's, pass rusher. That's yeah. what he, that's his big his big thing is pass rushing. He might as well be a left end or a right end at this point. Yeah. We got the, well, Steelers run at 3-4, so we, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, he's he's the pass rusher. Number eight. We have a guy who's been on this list a couple times. Nick Chubb. 20 carries, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. He's... Chubb is stringing together some some good performances. So the Browns have weapons on that offense, absolutely. But they never get consistent production out of every one of them. You know, you you never you know the Chubb is is one of the hot ones, and and when Chubb gets hot, then you get Baker Mayfield going eight for twenty like he did last week. <laughs> you know, uh, and and so Chubb has been good, you know, consistent, and and he's a good, consistent, strong, powerful running back. I like Chubb. I think he's going to be a long-term, consistent running back for the Browns. I don't think the Browns are going to ever let him walk. I think he's going to wind up being a career guy. But now the Browns are going to have to use him. And just when we thought it was going to be Baker Mayfield that they were going to have to build around, no, it's Nick Chubb that they're going to have to build around on that offense and if they're going to be successful. And if they do that, they'll be able to get it done, kind of like the Cowboys do with Ezekiel Elliott right now. Absolutely. Number seven, another guy who's no stranger to the top ten, Chris Godwin. Continuing to bail out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Godwin and Evans complement each other so well. Uh, Evans is a big deep ball guy. Godwin usually catches passes over the middle. He's definitely in the slot a lot more. He's mm-hmm. definitely you know making those catches in traffic. Ten, 10 receptions. I mean, he's he's looked at in 151 yards. Right, and and but it, a lot of times there are occasions where if he gets um, if he gets passes over the middle in traffic. He can still make plays with his legs. Godwin is also really good in the red zone, um, and he was quietly good in the red zone. Godwin is actually, I think as of right now, outplaying Mike Evans, um, but they still complement each other really well. I think Godwin has returned, has, has uh, developed rather into the better receiver, I think that, and it shows, but um, they still complement each other really well. Godwin just happens to be the favorite target right now. Absolutely. Number six. Kirk Cousins. You know, I love seeing him on the, your top ten. I really do. I love um, seeing him back. He had a, he had a great game. I'm 22 for, for 29, 333 yards, four touchdowns, and it was the one pick that put him at my it's the sixth slot. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't like seeing those interceptions. Now Cousins, so he's he's had two good games. I I understand it's been against uh, defenses that have had iffy secondaries, um, but I I, I can't. I can't go out and say that the Giants have an iffy secondary because they still have Jabril Peppers back there. They still have, um, uh, you know, Janoris Jenkins back there. They they still have some good rookie. They have DeAndre Baker back there. And, uh, you know, even though he's a rookie, he's a he's in first round. But to play devil's court. advocate, and it's not a bad thing because I mean, it's what the running game is for, right? Um, they stuck Peppers on Cook and drew which him in, which opened up the pass game, right? And and the Vikings have have you know and maybe that was their plan all along maybe maybe it was I mean who knows but it it's working and whatever they're doing is is successful uh, uh, he's been he hit Thielen last week and then he hit Diggs on Sunday you you just you keep seeing uh, Kirk Cousins developing more and more and there's been a lot of bootlegs 
uh, that they've been running on in that passing game to get Cousins out of the pocket and keep him uh, you know, away from the pressure. He's been making good, consistent throws on the run. He's been scrambling out of the pocket, making passes to one side or the other, and, and guys have been getting open. This offense is weirdly dangerous all of a sudden, and I wasn't expecting this after the first four, but these last two games they've looked less one-dimensional than they looked in the first four yeah. games. Oh yeah, I, I agree 100. percent It's just it's going to be worth watching. I'm 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 just not one to take two games and, and make it long. Right. I want to see if they can do it against the Lions, who actually have had a good passing defense this year. I want to see if they can do it. I want to see if Darius Slay is able to keep up because Darius Slay, if you remember, was getting smoked by Keenan Allen in that Chargers game and came up with a pick. I want to see if Darius Slay can keep up with the Diggs and Thielens of the world. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the question of the day. Number five, Ezekiel Elliott. 152 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Zeke, um, you know, he, he broke 100 rushing on the ground. He's, he's had another, another 40 or so on yep. the ground and through the air. Through the air, yeah. And, and he's, uh, um, he's consistent. He is what their, their offense centers around. We've said it for, I mean, episode after episode. Every time we talk about Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the, the – Cowboys offense runs through Zeke. That's just what it is. Um, when he's good, the Cowboys are generally good. Um, this one, they blew one. They, they blew it against the Jets, which was surprising, but they still almost made a comeback on that after being down 21 zip. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and agree with you on this. And I, I think Ezekiel Elliott, if he can step up maybe just a little more, because he hasn't been up to form this year like he was in the years prior. He's been good, but he hasn't been that great runner. Um I want to see Zeke give me a little bit more, like he and he's was. he's warming up. I, th- I think part of it is he missed part of training camp with right. the whole contract situation. He's, yeah. he's starting to warm up. He is, and and I want to see if he can do it a little more. Number five, I'm sorry, number four, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. Murray looked great. Twenty-seven, thirty-seven, three hundred forty yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Looked great. I will say it was against a shoddy Atlanta defense. We we talked about that. Um, but Kyler Murray had him go make plays himself because he doesn't have a team to surround him. Right, and and that was the big thing. He was making plays, doing what Kyler Murray does. He was making it look like collegiate football, where he was escaping the pocket, making throws outside. Um, he, he was making plays with his legs. He was able to throw effectively on the run. Uh, Fitzgerald was getting open. I like what Kyler Murray was doing. Um, he plays good ball, and if he keeps doing what he's doing, you know this team will be successful in the future. Absolutely. Number three, Lamar Jackson, and not for his arm. Weird stat line. So he he, he went twenty one for thirty three through uh-huh. the year and two hundred thirty six yards. Yep. But he had he ran the ball nineteen times. Yep. With one hundred and fifty two yards, the second most from a quarterback ever, <laughs> and a touchdown. <sighs> so if he would have had two touchdowns through the air with that, he'd mm-hmm. have been number one. Yes. But without without the touchdowns through the air, um, he dropped the three. Um, 152 yards for a player on the ground. I don't care what your position is called. It's a lot of yards. It is. It is that's, a lot of that's, yards. That's a fantastic game. They, um, they, he's the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era in the regular season to have 150 yards on the ground and, and 200 through the air. They gave him a lot of options, a lot of running back option plays. Um, they gave him a lot of situations where he was snapping, and, and you could tell they weren't watching the edges in that game very well. And and what he was doing is he was snapping the ball and running toward the edge and snapping the ball and running toward the other edge of his line. And it happened a lot. He had a lot of outside runs in that in that game. That game kind of served as a reminder 
Um, he still has speed. You know, it's almost like he's trying to open the pass game for those next two harder games coming up. There, right. hey, better watch me, Pop. Yep, and and he the way he was running in that game, it was very, it was almost like running back reminiscent. It was scary. So, fun fact: the first Lamar's first the first run of the game he had was for like fifty yards or something mm-hmm. or something. It's it, Lamar's first run of the game was more rush was 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 a, was a longer rush. Than the entire Bengals team had it for the entire game. Oh Jesus! And, uh, and again, the Rave—well, the Ravens put up another two hundred plus running effort, and um, all three running backs also had great games. It's like watching Tyler play Madden. I don't—I don't run the ball eighty times. Like you—you <laughs> you, you had uh, Ingram go off. You had um, yeah. Justice had a good game. Gus mm-hmm. the Bus played well. The, the Ravens are getting it. They're, they're throwing a lot of different yep. looks out. It's 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 confusing defenses. It is. It is, and it's going to make for a, a hell of a long year. I know that. I, I just want to see how they look against a, a, a truly great team that they kept up with the Chiefs. Yep. And they got they got Seattle coming up uh-huh. this week. They had the bye week, then they had the Patriots. Going to see if they can keep up with Russell Wilson. That's yes. going to be the question of the day. Number two, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, another another appearance up here. Thirty for thirty six, three hundred and fifty six yards, four touchdowns. In a loss. In a loss. That's a loss for them. Um, the offense is great. The offense has always been great. It's the defense that has been bad. We've been talking about this all show. And and Matt Ryan, it, I feel like the poor bastard. I mean, at least he's getting paid for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, at least he's getting paid. But the poor bastard is is you know getting paid to lose football games right now and, and through no fault of his own. There's there's no fault for Matt Ryan. He's not the one doing it. I mean, let's just face that fact. He's not the one doing it. It's the rest of his team that is not getting it done. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I feel bad for Matt Ryan. He's, yeah, I feel bad for him. He's playing MVP football. Yep. That's what he is. I mean, he's playing MVP football. If wins are in, if he was winning football games, he'd be sitting on top of that list right mm-hmm. now. He would be, especially after the game that Christian McCaffrey just had. Absolutely. Um, and number one, Deshaun Watson. You're giving me that look like you're, like, you're full of shit. You <laughs> son of a bitch. Stephon Diggs. Seven receptions, 167 yards, and three touchdowns. A hundred of those yards and two of those touchdowns were done on two plays. Yep. Diggs, um, you know, after, after weeks of being irritated and being pissed off, um, about the lack of passing that's been going on, successful passing in in Minnesota. Diggs finally got what he wanted, and he he balled out. Um, there was not any answers for him. Uh, the Vikings play had had a perfect game plan. Um, Diggs takes that bomb, a uh, sixty-one yard bomb, a fifty-one yard yard bomb, uh, two touchdowns on each of the a touchdown on each of those plays. Um, then he gets the, the quick touchdown pass over the middle. I think it was a seven yard touchdown pass. Um, Diggs played extremely well and, and Kirk Cousins played extremely well. And, and any rumors that, you know, were swirling about Stefan Diggs, you know, possibly be wanting to be traded and possibly being gone. I think those were quelled this week. Yeah. They're these shut down. Yeah. Um, but I think Diggs is one of those guys, if, if next two weeks, um, Diggs put, or, if next two weeks Cousins puts up a combined three hundred yards mm-hmm. and has a couple bad games, yep. I think Diggs will be upset again. I, I think Diggs is one of those guys that he's, he's got to continuously be fed. I don't think it's this that he wants to be fed, but he wants to win football games and he wants to be successful because he was happy 
after the Adam Thielen game where the, the against the Giants where Adam Thielen had 137 and two touchdowns. He was happy to see that. Diggs still got the ball in that well, game. No, it, was after the, it was after the Giants game when he was mad. No, 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 no. It was after the game prior when they took on the Chicago Bears and it fell apart because they, they couldn't pass the ball effectively. He was happy after the Giants game. And he was happy after, and, and then it, he got even more happy after this game. Um, well, well, yeah. For obvious reasons. Uh, Diggs played great ball. Eagles had no 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 answers. They had nothing for him. And and even Adam Thielen got in the end zone during this game. Um, the Vikings have figured out how to throw the ball effectively. I think. I hope. But um, Diggs rocked it this week. Stephon Diggs was a monster, and it's super exciting to see Stephon Diggs uh, getting involved and getting the football. Currently, he actually leads the Vikings in receiving yards. So with uh, 420. So and and that's a low number, really, for for a wide receiver. That's a low. That's a pretty low number. So there's that. Now, Tyler, we have to get down to business as far as um, another segment here that always comes next. Are you ready for it? Always, always, because it, well, this one's your favorite. I know it's your favorite, isn't it? Right, it is. Well, don't your don't yourself confuse now. Make sure you do the right <laughs> one first. Well, here it comes. It's our next segment known as Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five. And this was a hard week. There's a lot of good performances out there. There was good, but but the the thing for me is that, to be honest with you, outside of the ones that you selected, they were they were mediocre to good. It wasn't like anything exploded off because hundred yards and two touchdowns is mediocre, yeah. I guess. Yeah, now, well, Scott World. no, no, no. But, yeah. but it, it, two touchdowns isn't enough, and and and, and uh, yards and scrimmage are negative. Nothing, nothing exploded off the paper. That's just the point. Nothing exploded off the stat sheet uh, really that well. Um, so I'm gonna go number five, Terry McLaurin, four receptions, hundred yards, two touchdowns. The the reason this one is low, I'm happy the guy had the hundred touchdowns, but he had the four touchdowns. Great, or I'm sorry, a hundred yards. Um, he had two touchdowns. I get it, but four receptions. So it, it reminds me almost of a Tory Smith. It was so just banger bust. Deshaun you know? Jackson. Yeah, just a banger bust type of player. To this week, he was a bang player. Next week, he could be completely off. He probably, you know? probably will be. Yeah, I mean, so we don't know that that Terry McLaurin's going to do. Still it. a great day. It, it was a good day. Um, next up, number four, you've got, uh, Sam Darnold comes out, lights up the Cowboys, 23 for 32, 338, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, the only thing that made him number four in this situation was the pick, um, really, because otherwise he would have been number three. Um, but he did have the one pick. He pulls out the win against the Cowboys. Sam Darnold looked good in his return. And, uh, this could be... This could be something that tells us how good Sam Darnold actually is and how important he is to this team. It could it could be. Because Sam Darnold, you know, first game back, he comes back, tears it up. So you gotta love it. Um so far so good. So far so good. Yep. Next up you got Russell Wilson, 23 for 33, 295, two touchdowns, no picks. That's what put him above Sam Darnold, was no picks. Honestly, there's is another is another good day from Russell Wilson. He's making a a, a great uh, MVP case so far. Yeah, he's he's been the most accurate quarterback in the league, and uh, he's been on. I mean, it has has his uh, uh, 
have his numbers been in insanely good? Yeah, he had one week that was like over 400 yards. I think. He's, I mean, he's still number two in the but, league in passing. Yeah, I mean, he's he's playing really great ball. I I like what Russell Wilson's doing. He's the most accurate quarterback in the league. Um, still no picks through six weeks. That's something to behold. Gotta love what he's doing. I'm impressed. So there's that. Number two, Carlos Hyde, 26 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Carlos Hyde breaks 100 yards finally. Uh, the Texans get it done. Um, against the Chiefs, and uh, you got to love what uh, what they're doing with Carlos Hyde over there now. They're starting to get him involved in an effective fashion. He's starting to come to his own. Yeah, a, a running back that is not um, that is not named Alfred Blue, basically. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. Last time we saw a truly effective runner down there was what, Aaron, Arian Foster? And Lamar Miller played decent. Decent enough. Decent. I'm not, not enough to say he's bad, but... um. And High's not even at the point where he's playing great ball. No, no, but, no, but is is he starting to come alive? I would like to see if he can do this consistently. He's starting to come alive. Yep. I, I want to see more. Yep. Uh, and last but not least, number one would be Chris Carson. 24 carries, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Um, if you would have told me that Chris Carson would have been the, the uh, workhorse there as far as running backs go last year, I would have told you you're crazy. But here we are. Chris Carson is the guy. Another good game. Yeah, another good game. Um, he's quietly good. That's the the thing about him. He's yes. quietly good. Um, so that there's that. Now it's time for your your. This is I think your actual favorite segment because yes. you just like me crapping on people. Um, it's time for Freytown's forgetful five, and um, our least valuable players of this week. Uh, number five goes to Detroit Lions offense. Fifty six yards rushing, fifty eight total yards in the second half. One for three in the red zone, three for 13 on third down, dropped a touchdown pass in the end zone by Hawkinson, settled for five field goals. I'm going with the Detroit Lions offense in this one. I think they're number five. Yeah, they got to get it done, get those touchdowns up there instead of field goals. Yep, and and they didn't get it done other than the first eight minutes of the game. Yes. And then they, they just tanked. Uh, number four goes to Derrick Henry, which is a, kind of a surprising thing, but... 15 carries for just 28 yards. He had a 1.9 average. Oof. No touchdowns on the day. Uh, Derrick Henry was absolutely miserable. If, if I mean, Mariota got benched, Derrick Henry should be benched too. I mean, it's just for, for that performance. Uh, number three goes to Jared Goff. 13 for 24, 78 yards. Um, the only thing that kept him out of two and one was the fact that he didn't picks. have any picks. He didn't have any picks. If he had a pick, he would have been number one, no doubt. Um, but it it still doesn't um, it still pales in comparison to Josh Rosen, who went fifteen for twenty five. Well, even for, even one pick would have kept him out of one. Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, yeah, even two picks probably because. Well, yeah, two picks would have kept him out of one. But number two definitely goes to Josh Rosen, fifteen for twenty five, eighty five yards, two interceptions, benched at the half. I mean, Rosen should just uh, get, get himself a uh, cot and just spend the night in the in the yep. five. Yeah, I mean, he's he's starting. I think he he might that might have just made him top Baker here. Listen, coach, I I don't want to play anymore this season because I really don't want to be in the forgetful five anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be the least valuable <laughs> player for the second year in a row. Um, Josh Rosen, number two, and last but not least, Marcus Mariota, number one, which I'm surprised by this actually. Seven for 18, 63 yards, two picks. He was also benched at the half um, in favor of Ryan Tannehill. Um, Mariota tops the forgotten or the forgetful five this week. 
Yuck. Bad day. Bum, 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 bum. But, uh, <laughs> so Marcus Mariota tops out the forgetful five. And now, Tyler, now we get to end the show in our our super favorite way. Are you excited? Yeah, I got a little bit of work to do. What's what's Not the much. what's the records here? I mean, um, you're in the lead at fifty three thirty nine and one, uh-huh. and I'm right behind you at fifty two forty and one. Oh, so it, it's a tight race here. Yeah, it's tight. Yeah, it's a good race. It looked bad at the beginning of last week. I I I, I failed in a couple of one o'clock games, and I caught up on a couple of four yeah. o'clock games. Yeah, I thought I had you. I really did. I thought I had you, and then it was like, ah, oh, he caught up. Yeah, you may not pick the Rams anymore this season. No, I don't. I don't. Well, I might pick them this week. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, first and foremost, Tyler, let's start with the Thursday night football game. We're going to go ahead with the Chiefs and the Broncos. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. In fact, we got to think about this one now. <clears throat> I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm also uh, taking the Chiefs. You know, they have seven consecutive wins against the Broncos. Um, I'm going to go ahead with the Chiefs on this one. Uh, next up, we got the Rams and the Falcons. Uh, Falcons, you know... Just I don't know what Rams team is going to show up. I just don't know what's going to happen. But the Falcons defense is so bad, I just don't know. But I'm going to go with the Rams. Falcons have four consecutive wins versus the Rams, which is incredible to me. I'm going Falcons. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking that um, Jalen Ramsey's not quite ready to play with the back injury. And mm-hmm. If that's even a real thing, he probably just really didn't want to play. Yeah, well. I wouldn't want to. Um, that's going to be one last piece <clears throat> yeah. for the defense there. I think the the Potent offense. There's no one in five or not. This Falcons offense is potent. Yep. I'm gonna, I think they're gonna they're gonna overwhelm. Them. Yep. And then next up, you got the Dolphins and the Bills. I'm going with the Bills. 100. percent Yep. Got to go with the Bills. Um, I didn't. You, you could have said Dolphins versus on the question mark, and I'll take the question mark. <laughs> I gotta go with the Bills here. Um, I think they're gonna tear them up. Now this one just got interesting because of the Jalen Ramsey trade. Jags and Bengals. Um, it, the Jalen Ramsey trade makes it interesting, but I'm still going to go with the Jags in this yeah, I mean, one. Ramsey hasn't played in two games. Well, I'm, I'm going with the Jags. Uh, yeah, Minshew Mania. Got to go with yeah, that Minshew Mania. Uh, this one might be your game of the week. Vikings and Lions. Um, it's a tough one. Vikings are 0-2 versus divisional opponents. They did me well last week. I'm going with the Vikings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride that wave of success. And I think the Vikings' I'm, running game is going to overwhelm the Lions. I'm also going with the Vikings here. I think um, Diggs and, and Cook and Thielen are going are gonna to get the job done. I, I think it's going to be more so Cook. Uh, the Lions rank right now 25th against the run, and that Vikings zone run offense seems to be very successful when they get moving. I'm going with the Vikings. Um, next up, from Lambeau, you got the Raiders and the Packers. Um, In Lambeau, I'm taking the Packers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers on this one. Uh, Packers have seven consecutive wins against the Raiders in, in this situation. Packers, I mean, right now they're without their one, two, and three receivers. I don't know if any of them are going to be back by Sunday, but I'm going with the Pack. Um, next up, you got kind of a tight one here, Texans and Colts. Um, this is the battle for first place in the AFC South. Uh, Texans know, are red hot. I'm going to stick with the red hot. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Texans on this one. As much as I like the Colts and what Jacoby Brissett has been doing, I'm going with the Texans. Uh, next up, kind of a toilet bowl. Kyler Murray coming off two wins. Battle of the Rookies. It's Cardinals versus Giants. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Giants. I'm taking the Cardinals. You're going to take the Cardinals. You think Kyler Murray's going to make it three in a row? I think he's played really well. I think he'll get it done. Yep. Kyler Murray, and it could very well be the case. Um, next up, you got the Niners and the Redskins. I'm going with the Niners. 
This is, yeah, this I, is a no-brainer. We're a win for the Niners here. Yeah, this is a no-brainer again. The Niners taking on crappy teams, and, and they, they haven't really beaten anybody tremendously good. I'm going with the Niners. Um, next up, Chargers and Titans. Um, kind of a tight one. I'm going with the Chargers. Um, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I don't think the Chargers do. I, I don't trust the Titans. I don't trust Tannehill. I'm going with the Chargers. Um, next up, you got the Saints and the Bears. Drew Brees isn't back yet. Saints are, uh, I mean, they're red hot right now, 5-1. Teddy Bridgewater's been getting it done. I'm going with the Saints. Um, it's going to be tight, but I'm going with the Saints. I think that Teddy Bridgewater's still going to get it done. I'm going to go with the Bears. I think the defense is going to overwhelm Bridgewater there. Because this is a scary Bears defense. It is. It is a scary defense. Um, they're still 3-2 and two on the year. Um, but I, I think Bridgewater's going to do it. And coming off the bye, so the defense can be fresh, too. Yep. Uh, next up, we got your boys, the Ravens, against the Seahawks. This one's going to be tight. I'm actually probably going to go with the Seahawks on this one. I think Russell Wilson's going to get it done. Um, Ravens have played too close against um, lesser teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, against a good team, I, I think it'll be tight, but I think the Seahawks are going to win this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I, I think Russell Wilson gets it done today, um, or on Sunday, rather. Um, next up, this is kind of a battle for the division right now. Eagles and Cowboys, they're both sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Um, It's tough to bet against the Cowboys in this situation. I'm going with the Cowboys. I, I think, am too. I, I think they're going to get it done. I, I believe in, in uh, the fact that, that they're going to bounce back after having several losses. Now they're angry. The Eagles are on a down low right now. I think the Cowboys come out hot. Zeke. I can see it. Yep. And last but not least, MetLife Stadium. You got the Patriots and the Jets on Monday night football. Um, Patriots and Jets. I'm going with the Patriots. I'm doing the thing. You're going to take the Jets? The Patriots lose one game every year against the divisional opponent. And I think Donald's hot right now. I think if it's going to be done, it's going to be this week. <laughs> this week. I'm going to I'm going to be the madman. I'm going to take the Jets. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm going with the Patriots. i got to play this one safe. <clears throat> and uh, going to Scott here. Yep, going team, crazy. <laughs> teams on the bye: Steelers, Browns, Panthers, and Bucks this week. So, and uh, those are your predictions for uh, Week Seven here in the NFL. Uh, I'm up by one at the moment, but mm-hmm. I mean that could very well yeah, change. Four differences. Yeah, this, could get, this could get bad for it, me. It could get ugly. It could get ugly for me. I mean, I I picked some wild ones too. So, and those are your predictions. So, uh, with that, Tyler, that's all we got here. That is our episode, man. Yay! Episode 42 is in the books. I uh, just want to give a quick shout-out. Special thanks to Paul Crumb for getting all the music for us. Uh, I appreciate it, Paul. You are the man. We're going to give a shout-out to our sponsor at It's Your Time Massage. Tyler, have you gotten a massage lately? Been busy. You need, Yeah, I know. You've been on these vacations. <laughs> all these vacations. Just go get a massage. No, no, that's not. You know Amanda's wonderful. The first thing I couldn't make it was because you had to work late, and, and so that's Sorry. that wasn't on me. Wait. So for the, of the three I've missed, two are on me, <sighs> one's on you. He's still on vacation all the time. He's on vacation all the time. He is. One's on you. It's always vacation. Nope. I'm on vacation. No, I'm working. No, it's quote unquote working. But he's he's on a golf course drinking beer. He's on quote unquote. <laughs> Work trip. Hashtag vacation. Isn't that right, Tyler? Hashtag King Life. No. <laughs> King Tyler in his castle. Um, but special thanks to It's Your Time Massage. Amanda is amazing. I highly recommend everybody get a massage from Amanda. Uh, you can check it out at IYTMassage.com or you can check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. 
um, and you can book appointments right there online. So uh, that's a, definitely a good thing. I highly recommend if you're stressed out, if you're sore, if you're beat up, go get a massage. It's amazing. Take that from a professional wrestler who has lots and lots of back trauma going on in his life. Right? You have more than back trauma, but it's not the point. <laughs> she can't help you with your brain. <laughs> well, she does make my, my brain feel good. So On the outside, uh, but yeah. the inside's on her thing. <laughs> yeah, it's mush. Um, and then uh, that's all we got, Tyler. So uh, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. And uh, for my wonderful co-host, Tyler Dean, and uh, the fabulous one myself, Scotty Freytown, uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.